It's NFL Draft Day. You can't wait. It's that morning. You know it's starting at 8 o'clock. You know the Steelers are picking 20th. So you've already kind of worked out in the past, maybe even done some research to figure out exactly when it is that they'll go. Not that you wouldn't want to watch the rest because you want to see the quarterbacks. You want to see who's taking the quarterbacks and whether or not one of them is going to fall to your team. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Everyone is going to be focused on the quarterback position around here. And I can't imagine how that wouldn't be okay. It's been a generation since we've even had serious discussions about the position. 18 years of Ben Roethlisberger. Some of the most moving stuff that I've heard, read, and seen over the past couple of weeks has been related to Ben's the only quarterback I've known in my adult life, you know, from people in their 20s and so forth. This was my quarterback. I don't even know what it's like to have another guy out there. And no, it didn't count when Mason and Duck took over or whatever, because Ben was still the quarterback. Ben was still coming back. You didn't have a controversy. You didn't have a search. Well, this is draft day. And the dreaming is going to be big because we in Pittsburgh have been conditioned, and this spans multiple generations, to believe that the only real solution at the position is to draft some magical franchise entity like Ben, like Terry Bradshaw, and everyone else stinks. Even in looking around at the current crop, in the NFL, the only quarterbacks that anyone's interested in, the types, are the Joe Burrows, the Patrick Mahomes, the kind that just walk right onto the field. Josh Allen, I can't be leaving out after the performance that he had the other day for Buffalo. The kind that just show up and just start delivering magic. And you can picture them being in your uniform for a decade, two decades, whatever it is. I don't see this happening this year. I really don't. And I take zero pleasure in sharing that opinion, which, by the way, is all it is. Because I know it's deflating to a lot of people to hear anyone say that, whether it's you know me or a co-worker or a buddy, season ticket holder who sits near you, whatever it is. Everyone wants to dream big when it comes to this position. My feeling when it comes to the 2022 draft is that this team, still guided by Kevin Colbert, who's going to see this quarterback process through, is going to end up leaning toward the position where they still need the most help by a mile. And I should not have to tell you what that is. 
This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. This draft should be, and I believe that it will be, about the offensive line. I could look through that whole depth chart, position by position, left to right, and barely find anyone that I'd promise a starting role next season. Dan Moore? Maybe. Not for sure. Kevin Dotson? A hard maybe? Kendrick Green? No thanks. J.C. Hasnauer? No, not yet. Trey Turner's not going to be around at all. Chooks for at right tackle? He's probably the closest bet, but it's not like Chooks was super either. Zach Banner's going to be gone. B.J. Finney's going to be gone. Joe Haig is a really nice, versatile part to move around as needed. Not a starter. John Leglu might be the same thing. Maybe he'll surprise. He certainly did in his short stint here. My point out of that whole list, who do you feel really good about? If the answer is Chooks, then you shouldn't really be feeling good about anything. As it relates to that position, that broader position, you can't enter an NFL season with that group once, let alone twice. You can't. You can't. They have to go at this, and they have to go at it hard. Here, too, that doesn't mean that you're going to make magic. There might not be a David DeCastro that falls to you. There might not be a Marquise Pouncey. There probably won't be either of those two. Those were outstanding, outstanding NFL players for a long time at their position. In addition to boosting an area of need and doing it with a first-rounder and or a second-rounder as opposed to hoping with the third- and fourth-rounders the way they did with Green and Moore. The other part of this that I'd like, this scenario, is that you put the quarterback thing off for another year. Think about that for a second. Mason Rudolph had a first-round grade hung on him by management. Doesn't mean they were right. He was still a third-round pick. But they saw him as a first-rounder. They're scouts. Dwayne Haskins actually was a first-rounder just a couple of years ago. Washington took him 15th overall. So if they have two players with first-round pedigree in their eyes... Neither of them has really gotten a chance, and you take the field, and you give them that chance, and one of them seizes it, that sure does solve a lot of problems. And in the interim, you addressed your actual greatest shortcoming. If neither of them does step up, that's why you have Joe Free Agent Guy that you're picking up over the summer and you try to get by with NFL average quarterbacking, ideally, ideally. Still, in the interim, you will have addressed your greatest shortcoming. From there, you go into the next draft, 
in which there will be a better quarterback class than this one because this one is really, really down. And you start laying plans for drafting a quarterback at that time. Just a thought, just sharing, not dumping on anything, not trying to ruin anybody's hopes. When we come back, just one question. time for just one question today's comes from matthew who asks hey dk since you have more knowledge of what goes on inside the building and it practices how do you feel about the wide receivers coach that group's overall performance was disappointing this year and i know that some of that comes down to the offensive line but it can also be argued that there wasn't much fire in them to run routes and develop separation and they didn't seem to have the fire to fight for the ball with a few notable exceptions is coaching the problem Matthew, I would imagine that Ike Hilliard's not exactly buying as opposed to renting. I would think that he'd be one of the coaches that's in some trouble once they go through their review process and maybe after Art Rooney gets involved and starts asking harder questions than what Mike Tomlin's going to. Because that's just the MO that we've seen from Tomlin. He values loyalty. He takes control of the situation himself. And the assistant coach slash coordinator doesn't matter anyway. However, however, regardless of how good or bad a coach this is, when you're talking about some of the stuff that you listed, and I happen to agree with every single count, then you're talking about players who aren't getting the jobs done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know it's really cool and convenient to pin everything on coaches because we like the players. We cheer their names. We have their posters up on our walls. We have their wallpapers on our phones. And we don't have any of that for positional coaches. But the fact of the matter is, if you're not getting up for a 50-50 ball that's coming your way, if you're not fighting for it, if you end up falling on your face, if you end up never or almost never getting separation, yeah, we can go with the wide receivers coach. We can go at Matt Canada for having unimaginative route trees. We can go back to Ben Roethlisberger for not being able to make enough reads and getting rid of the ball too quickly. We can, as you pointed out, go at the offensive line. But ultimately, and I think the last game, the one in Kansas City, really, really underscored this. You've got to have wide receivers making plays for you. As I watch the ongoing NFL playoffs, there's nothing that jumps out at me as a greater difference between those teams and the Steelers, even the offensive lines, than the wide receivers getting open, getting the ball, and making plays. Buffalo versus Kansas City was an extraordinary football game on multiple levels, so I understand it's exceptional. But still, don't tell me you didn't watch that thinking to yourself how different the Steelers would be with wide receivers finding themselves that open and getting the football and then doing damage. Not everyone is Tyreek Hill. Not everyone is Stephon Diggs. But you thought more of this group, and I thought more of this group, heading into the 2021 season 
than what they delivered. I'm not prepared to just roll a coach under the bus. I mentioned in the opening segment that I feel offensive line should be the top priority in the draft. My second priority, and I don't think this will be particularly popular, and I'll be getting into this in the weeks and months to come, is wide receiver. Because I just don't trust these guys. I just don't. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We will do another one tomorrow.